Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to the show. Um, It's a very exciting day today because we're able to roll an announcement into a real episode because you know us, we have to make everything about history and content. So as you saw from the title, we're going to be talking about KCON today because guess what, guys? KCON 2021 includes Ask Me About K-Pop as official guests. Woo! We, we did, did it, it, y'all. We made it. We're we here. It. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> we're here, we did it. It's so exciting. It, it really... It's so exciting. Yeah, it is so exciting. I mean, we've done several episodes about KCON before as like just attendees, right? Like we've done like re- mm-hmm. recaps from the couple of times uh-huh. that we've gone to concerts. And this time it'll be a little different. We're going to look at the history of the show because now we get to be there as a part of the of the itinerary, a part of the timetable, yeah. um, which is very exciting. We're on the other side of it now. So we thought what a perfect time uh, to go over this pretty monumental event when it comes to Hallyu, uh, the Hallyu wave and K-pop in general. Um, mm-hmm. We've mentioned it a few times aside from just the episodes where we did recaps. I think we also talked about it when we talked about um, like the K-pop concerts. We talked about mm. K-Con because it is a huge concert and it does now happen in many different countries. Um, and it was very like instrumental in pushing the Hallyu wave out of, out of Korea. And we're going to talk a lot about right. that today. Yes. Um, But before we dive in, the announcement at hand. If you're listening to this episode before March 14th, 2021, we are going to be live on Twitter on Saturday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 9 p.m. Eastern. Find your time zone from there. (laughs) You can find us on the official KCON Twitter account, which is at KCON underscore official. Um, And we're going to be talking about our show and how it came to be and what we like about it with um, some friends from the K-pop cast and the In My Feels podcast. And um, yeah, it's going to be on the new Twitter spaces, which I have heard is like Clubhouse, but for Twitter, um, we're going to be trying it out. So um, please come to it. And so they can see that our listeners are loyal and love us and they invite us back next year when it's real and in person. Yes, when fingers crossed, it's real and in person. Um, and yeah, I think you may have already said this, but the event is free, right? It's it's part yes, of, of course. it's a part of the free content. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about what the online KCON looks like once we get there in the timeline. Um, but this is free, so you don't have to buy a ticket or anything like that. Um, it's a little. It's not like the K-pop podcast that we did over the summer, but it is. Uh, right. It's an exciting opportunity for us to get to talk about. The things we love to do. Yes. It's part of Countdown Week. So, um, yes, it's the free fun stuff leading up to K-Contact 3 2021. So exciting. Um, Yeah, so I'm 
I'm so extremely honored that we were invited and I didn't even have to beg. They came to us. <laughs> I know. I didn't begged in anything. previous years. I didn't beg this time. Yeah. They came to us. Um, that's how yeah, you know. So, <laughs> that's how you know it's real. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so excited. Um, so um, in honor of that, and again, and this is not sponsored content, by the way. True, this was our own idea to investigate. <laughs> we just wanted to investigate the history of KCON so as to have more things to talk about than to just say, hey, come on Saturday. We needed to make it a whole episode. So hit us. When did KCON start? Let's go. All right. KCON, as we know it now, it began in 2012. Um, first, just to say, like, what is KCON, especially because we, you know, people listen to our episodes all kinds of out of order. So if you have sure. no idea <laughs> what K-pop or KCON is, uh, KCON is the world's largest fan convention and celebration of Korean culture and music so it includes day events um in a convention which include like exo programs excuse me <laughs> expo programs <laughs> not xo programs although sometimes, sometimes the expo programs are exo related <laughs> yes um but the expo programs are really fun they have all kinds of stuff they have like um they'll do you know like interviews with like korean beauty uh beauty stylists or like um they'll do like recipes and like how to cook or like how to learn this dance or um like songwriting workshops um and then at night they also have concerts um of major korean acts so it's a joint like it's a whole day event um, and you can choose mm -hmm. to go to one or both parts of it. Um, and it was originally co-founded by uh, Korea Boo, the website that has a lot of different kinds of news that we don't usually mm. uh support not allowed advertise. not allowed on our discord actually. <laughs> I know when I was when I was doing my research I was like oh, gas like we've talked yes. so much shit about Korea Boo, and now we have to be here being like, "So this was created by <laughs> Korea Boo. but whatever." I we stand by our opinions of their journalistic integrity. Uh, <laughs> however, they partnered with CJ ENM, uh, which mm -hmm. is a huge, huge corporation in Korea. We've talked about them a lot of times because they own all kinds of shit, including <laughs> Mnet and M Countdown. So Mnet mm -hmm. partnered with Korea Boo to create and organize and produce KCON. Usually only Mnet is is billed as like the creators, but Kariabu mm -hmm. is listed as like one of the major like an originator. Uh -huh. Yeah. And the I think they're like the originators of the idea is what the mm. is what the vibe I got from the way it okay. was described. Anyway, so October 13th, 2012, KCON is born in the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater of Irvine, California. Uh, this baby KCON only had 25 convention programs. It was only one day. It had mm -hmm. 55 panel guests and 20,000 attendees. Uh, and the performers, hey, okay. yeah, a pretty good number. And the performers were Gina, BAP, XOM, Four Minute Without Hyanna, Newest, and Vix. So a nice, XOM. quick little, oh, I know, XOM. What a treat what those a first KCON attendees got. I know. 
that's a good lineup. Like for the very first one, it's a good lineup. And this was like XOM had just come out, right? Because this was yes. 2012. Like this was one of the first things XO ever did. And there's on the KCON website, there's a really great archive um, where they have like recap videos all the way from 2012. So you can see like babies. You can see the little <laughs> babies on the stage and it's it's a good time. <laughs> great. The next year, in 2013, they started to grow a little bit in that now we're moving to two days. So we've got okay. two days, August 24th to the 25th, and now we're going to be in L.A., and we are at the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena. Mm-hmm. We're growing the convention now because we've got two days, so we've gone from 60 convention programs, 110 panel guests, and still around 20,000 attendees. So we've basically okay. doubled the amount of content and have been able to sustain like the same number of attendees. So we're doing fine. Okay. These performers uh, had Teen Top, Crayon Pop, Henry Lau, 2AM, Dynamic Duo, XOK and M, the full XO this time, and G-Dragon. And they had special guests, uh, Yoo Son Woo, who was billed as sort of the Korean Jack Johnson, and DJ Mm -hmm. Koo, who is a DJ and a producer. He's best known for producing the song Pick Me on Produce 101. Oh, yes, that one. The first one? The first one. Pick me, pick me, pick me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And special guest extraordinaire... Missy Elliott! Holy shit. Holy shit. Uh, This was actually a really big deal. Um, G-Dragon and Missy Elliott collaborated on his album Coup d'etat. They have a song together called Niliria, and they debuted the song here at KCON 2013. Um, There is a video of it on YouTube. You can find it. It's super fun. Missy Elliott uh, has the first verse, and she kills it, and then she just, like, jams with her dancers, like, while G-Dragon takes the rest of the stage, and she looks like she's having a fucking blast. So it's a really fun stage if you haven't already seen that awesome this convention i also looked at uh some of the different like types of events because i was reading a bunch of different articles because like because it was brand new it was getting written about in a lot of different um publications like especially yeah, that's because an interesting thing there. for journalists like when a weird when a new weird convention pops up mm-hmm. like oh this hotel was suddenly full of kids wearing t-shirts i didn't understand like What's the story here? I yes. Get it. I get yeah. It. You get a lot of like 2012, 2013, and 2014. You get a lot of the like, what's the deal with K-pop articles yeah, regarding Psy this convention? Because Psy and KCON, like these are two things. Exactly. For people to be talking about. Yeah. And then because Missy Elliott was there, like people were like, who is this G-Dragon? And like, why does Missy Elliott care who he is? And so G-Dragon mm-hmm. himself was like interviewed by a lot of different people. Um, and I read this one interview that was really funny because he was just like he, he was like describing him as looking almost bored. Um, but the <laughs> the interviewer clearly like really loved G like thought G Dragon was like the coolest person he'd ever met. Uh-huh. And then when he was like describing the other acts of this, he was so flippant and dismissive of everybody <laughs> else on stage. It was crazy. But he loved, and, uh, G, but he Dragon. loved G Dragon and was like, this guy, he's a genius. I can tell. <laughs> 
Um, but they had a bunch of really fun. I noticed they had, first of all, outdoor stages, like during the day, they had like a little stage set up where they had, um, a lot of the like artist engagements were like the high touches and the interviews and even some like little mini performances during the day. And they also had things like they had a speed dating event for fans, which I've never seen that at any of our K-Cons, but I think that's really funny. Um, and then they also had, this is when they started incorporating like dance workshops and they had. Um, Mm. They would have like popular uh, K-pop composers come and do like songwriting workshops too. Um, And I did find because I read a few different, I read a few different reviews and like one of the reviews was just about G-Dragon, but I pulled this (laughs) quote from LA Times because it's about FX and it's beautiful. Okay, great. it says, FX had one of the night's strongest sets right away. Their music was so compositionally weird that it feels like a distinct new kind of pop music. And I just thought that was a great. It's true. A great pull quote about FX. So shout out to FX. We love you and your compositionally weird music. Yes. <laughs> All right. The next year, 2014, we're still at the same place. Still two days, still LA Memorial Sports Arena. And it's kind of the same size. Um, the convention program's growing a little. So now we have like over a hundred different events. Um, and those events are also like partnered with different businesses. So as the... number of convention programs grows the like economy of KCON is growing as well because it's a huge like partnership with a lot of different businesses that get to be featured Um, now we've got over 100 panel guests again 155 and we're doubling the amount of attendance so now we have 42,000 attendees um, and they did some some statistics of just like who are all these people? Where are you coming from? And 40% of them actually traveled from outside of California to come. So almost Mm -hmm. half of the people were not from California and only 10% of the attendees were actually Korean. So it was like a very wide demographic. It skewed younger and more females, but it Mm -hmm. was pretty diverse, which has been a trend and something I noticed like every single article like points out like you would think it's all screaming teens, but it's actually not and you're like yeah okay we know sure anyway this time still kind of a small lineup we've got b1a4 g dragon again iu teen top vix bts snsd and speaker holy shit yeah these are the kinds of things like i feel like this is we can maybe muse about it but something that's so interesting about kcon is like because it is this weird big concert and they have like a lot of time to fill that like you end up seeing these groups who at the time like I don't know at the time like SNSD and G Dragon were probably the most important things on that mm-hmm. bill but like people who went there also got to see BTS in like a little place yeah and like that will never happen again Like, no one will ever get to see BTS in that small of an arena ever again. But, like, those people were there. And I don't know. I just find it's so, it's just so crazy to, like, think about it. Yeah, it is pretty nuts. (laughs) And uh, it's... And we haven't really talked about it, but like one thing that's fun about about KCON is that the concert itself is like 
there's an MC that is usually one of the idols. Um, and I know that uh, RM had did like a surprise bit like in this 2014, like with one of the MCs um, and people really enjoyed, like thought he was very charming and like very much enjoyed him ho- hosting this. Uh-huh. Um, and this was also one of the first times that the convention itself is getting a little bit bigger. Cause now we're bringing in a bunch of different like special guests and these special guests, included a bunch of people I didn't know. The only name I recognized was Eric Noms. Um, But these people were brought in to do like red carpet interviews and they Mm -hmm. were all, which were all filmed for Vicky. Um, So we're kind of like starting to expand. Um, And this was also the first year that the concert itself was broadcast on M Countdown. So that's when it became an M Countdown episode. Yes, exactly. Mnet was always involved in the production of the event, but now it's actually going to be shown on TV in Korea as just like another episode of M Countdown. And it was also broadcast in the US and a few other countries, but it was called Two Nights in LA. So it wasn't called M Countdown. Mm -hmm. Um, But in Korea, it shows as just an episode of the show. Mm -hmm. So that started in 2014. Then we get to 2015, and 2015 is the year that K-pop, K-Con like really explodes. Um, this is the first year that we are leaving California, because now we're going to have shows in New York, Japan, and South Korea. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it from here on out. I'm not going to list the names of the people who go <laughs> anymore, because it's going to start getting ridiculous. Like, especially when they start adding days, and like it just starts growing. We're getting like... 30 freaking people in one weekend. So just trust me when I say there's a lot of really great, great people. We can like kind of shout out some names overall to give you like a time capsule of the year. Mm -hmm. But anyway, chronologically, the first KCON of 2015 is April 22nd. This is at the Saitama Super Arena in Saitama, Japan. 15,000 attendees. And one thing that's cool about the the Japanese KCONs is that they have a convention stage, which is free and outside, and they have, like, a bunch Mm. of, like, small artists. Like, our favorite Ace is, like, is a popular, Uh. like, convention stage at Japan. And then, like, this year they had, like, Tahiti at the convention stage. And so, like, they're just, like, smaller artists that they Mm -hmm. perform for free during the day and then they have the main stage which is the like actual convention stage that is the typical part of KCON Um, so this was the first one outside of the US and there were about 15,000 people that came at the concert um, and they had an event ambassador uh, who was Kangnam he's a Korean Mm. Japanese vocalist from MIB and he's pretty popular I feel like I know that name just on its own he was on at least the first season of Busted as the returning character he was the guy who had part-time jobs and every time they kept yes. showing up and he was like the he was work, always the same guy. Worker. yes yeah i remember that they made yeah, him he work too hard they like chased him down the street once and then he was like i really am just like a cameo <laughs> like, i really don't know <laughs> I'm just here to like every, it's a running gag, but like, <laughs> I'm not going to have information. I don't have clues like... for you. You chased me so many blocks. <laughs> yeah, that uh, guy. Cognum. He works hard. So <laughs> anyway, the next one is uh, back to L.A. So now we're going to have three days and it's July 31st to August 2nd. And now we're at the Staples Center and the L.A. Convention Center. So that is where KCON currently lives here in L.A. Starting in 2015, this is where we get the like 
formula for KCON as we know it now. Three days, mm-hmm. LA Convention Center, Staples Center. Um, yep. Now we have 58,000 attendees. So we're like, pre- we're, we're growing up, blowing <laughs> yes. up here. Um, and yeah. this is the first year that there's a partnership between CJ, E&M, uh, and Drama Fever, RIP. Yep. Um, and so they had, for the first year, they had screening rooms um, at KCON LA and KCON New York. And Kim Soo-hyun, our dreamboat actor, was uh, a very special guest of KCON LA. <laughs> he was interviewed by like People Magazine and like The Hollywood Reporter and like whatever. People made a really big deal about the fact that like Kim Soo-hyun was here. Of course. Which is fine. He's not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> August 8th, uh, we get the first KCON New York. However, it's actually KCON Newark because it's at the mm. Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. So KCON NJ, not yes. KCON NY, but it's fine. Um, this one starts out pretty small. There's only, it's only one day. It has 15 convention programs, just 25 panelists, had 17,000 attendees, and the concert only had four artists. AOL, girls, AOL, AOA, (laughs) Girls' Generation, Vix, and Teen Top. So this Mm. was like a smaller, like, is there a market for the New York one? Um... The, I read a fun fact that the Korean Cultural Service uh, in New York joined KCON th- this year. They are a host of a big global K-pop audition. Um, and ah. so they took some of their finalists from that audition and they hosted like a special stage at this KCON New York. Ooh. Yes, for their finalists. Um, and then the last KCON in 2015 was a... Something I think they've only done once, but it was a domestic KCON. In South Korea, they had it on Jeju Island at Jeju Stadium. Um, And this was actually a joint effort between the Jeju Tourism Organization and Mm -hmm. CJENM. And they actually did a giveaway of free tickets for international fans because they wanted people to come to Jeju. Oh, wow. So they gave out free tickets to Jeju. Uh, which is pretty awesome. They got about 17,000 people all together and they again did like a convention stage, which was free outside. And then they did a main stage, but this time, like, Unlike the convention stages in Japan, the convention stage at Jeju had a, had bigger names because they, I think, like were in Korea and they didn't have to travel mm. very far. So they got right. like Day Six and uh, Mamamoo and Roy Kim and Oh My Girl. Like those are some of the names that were at the free stage in 2015, right. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Love that. Oh, I also have the only other note: 2015. Just a marker of its expansion into pop culture. The BuzzFeed Try Guys tried K-pop and went to KCON LA. So that was like a very... Yeah, right? The Try Guys were very, very popular for like quite a while. So that helped a lot of people like hear about K-pop for the first time. Like we said, KCON is essential for the Holly wave. An essential Mm -hmm. piece. All right. (laughs) Now we're getting into 2016. And My this first time, K-Con. Yes. Our very first KCON. And a very big year for KCON itself. It is now in the Middle East and Europe. And unfortunately, KCON had a bit 
of scandal this year. We're going to mm. go into it, but first let's just knock out chronologically the uh, the different events. So we started okay. in March, March 25th. We have our very first Middle East concert. This is in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. It had about 8,000 attendees. Um, mm-hmm. And I will go ahead and list the artists here because I think it's cool that these people went to Abu Dhabi. And that is BTS, Taeyeon, Kyuhyun, Double S301, A Lee, Monster X, and Spica. So <gasps> wow. yeah, all those people got to go to Dubai, to Abu Dhabi. I almost said Dubai. That's wrong. <laughs> then the very next month, April 9th to the 10th, we are in Japan, in Japan. a different place in Japan. Now we're in a city called Chiba, a different stadium. But this is where the current, this is from now on, this is where KCON Japan will take place. Okay. Uh, it's growing. Now we've got 33,000 people going to Japan. St- uh, and now we've got two days, April 9th and 10th. Few months later, we've got June 2nd, the very first KCON Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is at the Accor Hotels Arena in Paris, France. There were 18,000 people in attendance, uh, and the performers were BTS, Block B, Shiny, FT Island, FX, and IOI. Oh my God. A great lineup, first of all. Like, wow, what a concert. But also, interesting story that relates to, remember, not that long ago, when the Mm. Korean president got in real big trouble because that cult leader's daughter became a bit Rasputin-y and started influencing her in a a negative way, supposedly. Well... That cult leader's daughter, Che Sun-sil, embezzled several thousand, hundred thousand dollars uh, of money, some of which was meant for KCON France. So she stole money from KCON France uh, because it was supposedly embezzled through the Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism, which we've talked about before in our Ministry of K-pop. A lot of the K-pop industry, like, does get support from the Korean government, specifically this department. And so this department had some money that was supposed to help fund the efforts of KCON, like, going to different Mm. countries, like France. Uh, Mm. And so some of that money was embezzled in in this Chesun gate. Um, So that was the first bit of scandal. After France, I mean, despite the embezzlement, the KCON did still (laughs) happen. So the show went on and it did. Um, And then a few, just a couple weeks later in the same month, June 25th to the 24th, we're still in Newark, New Jersey. um, But now we've got two days and we're growing still a little bit. Now we've got 40,000 attendees. So getting bigger. Yeah, definitely for the New York show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, let me think. It's like, oh, yeah, we went from like 17,000 to 40,000 in just a year. So doubling. The growth of the KCON is pretty exponential, like each yeah. year when you look at the numbers. The last KCON of 2016 was at the end of July. Um, so from July 30th to the 31st. I don't know why we dropped back down to only two days for this one. 
but that's what the internet has told me. Mm-hmm. Still at the Staples Center for LA, of course. Um, we've got 35,000 people flooding LA for this this time. Um, and I did have a little note about the lineup of this year because originally CN Blue was supposed to be uh, a part of it. And yes. then they got involved. Two of the members were involved in an insider trading scandal this year. Yes, they were. One of them was acquitted and one of them was charged and fined um and so because of that they dropped out of the kcon lineup and they were replaced by eric nam and amber from fx mm-hmm. um and this was yeah our very first kcon first we K-Con. got to go and we got to see our beloved shiny and, and all these other shiny. people that we like didn't really pay attention to we i mean we only saw half of these people I know, we but saw, like Astro but was there. TTS, I think, played the day that we did, and I think so did Dean. And we so saw did Block IY B and, and Dean. Yes, and Block B and Turbo. But we did not see Monster X or BTS. Right. We did not t- see TTS. We didn't see TTS or twice. Tiffany yeah, we didn't too. see TTS. No, I was just thinking the um, that. Uh, Recap video. I saw it. I remembered what uh, they were wearing. And I was like, no, wait, we didn't see those red sparkly dresses. <laughs> yes, but I remember the Lee Minho um, camp reveal very well because he was like the special MC. And I knew that he was like a very beloved actor because, yeah, there the drama part of it used to be a really big part of it. Like half the convention floor was dramas and like mm-hmm. half of the meet and greets and panels were like with drama actors i remember seeing a couple on the red carpet but i like was not versed in dramas well at the time to have known who they were but i remember seeing them when i was picking up my like tote bag and wristband i was like those people look famous they're like beautiful and they're like wearing nice clothes and they're standing over here by the bathrooms getting their like hair combed like those are famous people yeah but i didn't know who they were (laughs) But we would now. But we would now. <laughs> um, yeah, first year at KCON. I was trying to remember because, spoiler alert for Saturday, or tease for Saturday, one of the questions on our prep sheet is like, do you remember your first KCON? And I was trying so hard to remember. Like, I remember the concert very well and where we were sitting and, like, because the shiny mm-hmm. part of it all. But the day before when I went to go like get our tickets, like I went to the convention floor like by myself for a while. But I can't even remember like how it was set up or if what I looked at or if I did anything. I've been trying so hard to remember and I can't remember that first year at all and I don't know why. Yeah. I can't really remember it either, but that might also be because the convention itself is like we didn't participate in a lot of the like workshops and events. So mm-hmm. we just kind of like walked around and I feel like the first year that we went when we went during the day we mostly stayed out by like the food trucks and stuff mm-hmm. and almost just like hung out like it was a food festival. Cuz I remember sitting out on a like on a bench and eating tteokbokki and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I remember that part. And I do, oh, I do remember going specifically to a booth on the convention floor because one of my friends who I had met on the Soompi forums, which I talked about on that Craze Cast episode, 
had like a friend who was working some kind of fun like spin a wheel win a face mask booth or something and like I promised her I would go stop by it so I remember doing that but I yeah I think we mostly were just there for like food and we're nervous about shiny and we're just very focused on that yeah that first year I think so too that's all I (laughs) the only thing I really remember from that year is shiny Mm-hmm. Because nothing else mattered. Right. And that <laughs> continues to be true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The following year, 2017, now in Mexico and Australia. So we're still cool. growing. The very first KCON of this year is in Mexico City from March 17th to 18th. Um, it has 33,000 people who come to this, uh, who come to this concert. And um, then it is followed just a few months later. We're back in Japan. And now we have almost 50,000 people. And Japan starts to grow May 19th to the 21st. Now they've got three days in Japan. Japan quickly becomes like the biggest of the K-Cons because they Mm -hmm. not only have three days, which not all of the not all of the. Uh, cities do get three days but I think also because of the proximity to Korea they're able to get a lot of people to come Um, Mm -hmm. and so like between all three days like their lineup is crazy they have so many people Um, then next month June 23rd to the 24th we're back in Newark New Jersey at the Prudential Center we've got 43,000 attendees and this year CN Blue does go (laughs) Mm-hmm. Then uh, June 24th to the 25th, we've got back at the Staples Center in L.A., um, growing still 40,000 attendees. Um, we've got almost 200 different programs to do during the day and more than 200 panel guests. Um, so, again, very much getting pretty big um and then it ends this year in september 22nd to the 23rd uh in sydney australia where they get twenty-one thousand people to go to this k-con um and yeah have a nice little concert a lot of people get to go yeah that's cool yeah 2017 we didn't concert that year but we did pack up significant others and my co-worker josh and have a a real go at a convention day and we bought a lot of dumb stuff and like ate a lot of food. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was like trying to remember because I knew there was one year where we went to the convention and we didn't go to the concert and it was this year. And I yes. was like looking at the, so the, the lineup for, uh, LA, which we decided to skip out on was Astro cosmic girls, girls day, got seven Hayes, Heisey, Hazy, Card, NCT 127, 17, SF9, Super Junior DNE, Vix, and 101, with special guests Kim Tewu and Oh My Girl. Damn. So nowadays, I mean, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good lineup. I mean, especially like 17, Got 7, and Astro. Love. Love mm-hmm. it. But like June, June 2017, Shannon. Might have wanted to see God Seven, kind of, but I don't. But I think we didn't go because you wouldn't have sold me with any of the rest of these at that time. Yeah. I was still like really, really focused in my like shiny world at the time. <laughs> yes. Also, I just realized I got those dates wrong. It was actually August, August, okay, uh, nineteen to the 
20th. Again, just two days. I don't know why we went down for two days. But yeah, I feel like when we, I kind of remember like looking at the lineup and I think yeah. the only people we cared about was Got7 because we didn't really know 17. Um, mm-hmm. And definitely didn't know like any of these other people. So yeah. 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 Yes. 2017 but, but- wouldn't have grabbed us. What a world no. of a difference that was. <laughs> but it was but it was a good time at the convention cuz like we got to drag a, we got to drag some non-K-pop strangers in which is always very funny. Mm-hmm. Um my husband bought it like yeah, people do- bought things. H- dumb hats were purchased. Yeah. That's when uh, I got my Chanyeol Chanyo pillow. pillow. My beautiful things Chanyo like that. Pillow. That was a really good year for like weird booths of stuff that I feel like has yet to happen again since i agree i will like yeah the because that i mean the booth where i got that silly pillow all like on its own like we've there's never been a booth like never again again. it had such weird things i wish i had bought more than one of those pillows um because they are very odd (laughs) like the way that it's like shaped like him sort of (laughs) yes it's really goofy it's like a doll um but yeah, and then they had like all those other, they had so many fun stuff. I feel like there was a lot more, yeah, like you said, like goofy merch. Like Yes. Yeah. I also, yeah, and I also. Now it's all like, very serious. It takes itself very seriously now. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot more corporate stuff too, which we can get to. But like, mm-hmm. I remember meeting, I met a YouTuber that I really liked that year because she just had a booth where she was sitting there being like, hey, it's me, a girl <laughs> from YouTube. And then there was like a Korean cultural booth where like we had to draw the flag and I won a bunch of free books. Yes. And I got a lot of free books of Korean fairy tales and I got to put them in my classroom library because they were both in Korean and in English. And it was really cool. Yeah. Cool shit at KCON 2017 was (laughs) all I was trying to get to. I agree. I agree. All right, 2018. Um, 2018, now we are in eight different countries. Um, 2018 is going to bring the expansion into Thailand. Um, But we don't have, like, not every KCON happens every year. So, like, for example, 2018 does not have another KCON France, and it does not have another KCON UAE. Um, <laughs> so I was trying to make sure I got that country right. Um, at least as far as I know, I, I feel yeah. like KCON Paris has happened more than once, but it's not on my list more than once. So feel free to correct us. I know you will. Anyway, 2018, we start April in Japan. Um, uh-huh. same, we're at the same place in Japan. We've got almost 70,000 people there. So I believe that Japan, is always like the biggest one from now on. Um, And that might also have something to do with the fact that like maybe the stadium seats more people. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but they always have like over 10 artists there. Like they draw so many people. 
Um, let's see. The next show is in June, and then we're still in Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center. We've got 20,000 people attending that one. Um, Staples Center in LA in August. We're back to three days for um, for the Staples Center, August 10th through the 12th. Um, we have 50,000 attendees here. Then we get our very first uh, KCON Thailand. It is in Bangkok, and they get 42,000 people. So for wow. one of the countries to be like, this is the first KCON The first in this one? Country. That's a lot. Yeah. And so it seems like they put, and maybe they did this, I mean, maybe the fact that it's in Asia makes it a little bit easier, even though that originated in in LA. I don't know. That's just a that's just a a guess. Um because yeah, like if you think about the way that they started the one in Newark and the way that they started the one in Paris and even the one mm-hmm. in um in the UAE as well, um they were way smaller and they only had, you know, like four or five artists and this one has like 10 different artists if not more um and so this one yeah they were they were I guess prepared and ready to go big on the very first yeah. one it might have something to do with like the like existing relationships in those countries mm-hmm. or perhaps you know whoever they hired to help with the convention of it all because my the company I work for, we threw two conventions once. So like I've done that from the other side of it. And it's so much it's so much effing work. Mm-hmm. So if like that just tells me that they had like good connections in Thailand or like a company who like, oh, we know how to throw a convention. Easy peasy, like 40,000 people like I can do that, that they felt like they didn't. Because I think you might want to keep it small if you're worried that. It will get out of hand or you won't be mm-hmm. able to like handle it. So you cap ticket sales yeah. at like 10,000 and get a small venue just to try it. Mm-hmm. So they must have like known that like people were going to come and it was going to work. Yeah. I bet that they had a way more like guaranteed audience because K-pop had, I, I would assume like a much stronger established fan fandom like in Thailand already um so opening a K-Con in Thailand I think is a much more like sure thing than it would be in Paris for sure because it's a huge compilation concert Mm -hmm. it's not like a massive country so people could get get to Bangkok to go there Mm -hmm. people in surrounding Asian countries could fly there quickly like yeah yeah, it makes sense yeah lots of sense yeah. Cool. KCON Thailand. Yeah, KCON Thailand. And this was, we went to KCON 2018. Um, that yes. was where we got to see 17 for the first time. That was awesome. I loved it. There's a whole episode about it. Yep. But the big highlight from that year that isn't touched on in that episode because it hadn't happened yet, that is the year that we got on camera yeah. for the M Countdown performances yes. <laughs> if you look up on youtube kcon la 2018 17 vocal unit and you watch just the vocal unit stage you will see us twice once <laughs> at the beginning when they first come out and we're screaming <laughs> and then at the very end when i'm crying just a close-up <laughs> of her crying <laughs> It's one of my proudest moments. It's I love, such a proud moment. Love having gifs of myself. And the fact that it has the M Countdown logo in the corner, like, wow. Yeah. What a dream. It's so good. What a dream. <laughs> All right. The next year, 2019. 
We only have three K-Cons in 2019. I don't know why that is. But the first one is in May, and it is in Japan again. We've got 68,000 people in attendance. A fuck ton of people go. (laughs) A lot of different artists. Um, Then in July, Madison Square Garden. Oh my gosh, we're finally for real in New York. We can actually call it K-Con New York now. Um, And this one is way bigger in terms of the convention so like we're finally at like a hundred different programs during the day Mm. like 90 panel guests and we have about 20,000 attendees so the attendance of KCON New York is not one of the biggest of like all of the KCONs but it's growing steadily Mm -hmm. Um, and Madison Square Garden is of course a huge deal to play at so yes always very exciting when anybody gets to play there Then we've got the last one of 2019 was in August, um, again, back at the Staples Center in L.A., and we have almost 300 programs now, uh, 300, like 245 different panel guests and over 50,000 people in attendance um, with, of course, big names from, you know, Chang'a to newest to 17 to Mamamoo. We went that year as well. Chang'a didn't come. Remember? Oh, that's right. Chang'a didn't go. I forgot about that. Who replaced her for us? There was no replacement. And remember, we, we talk about this for a while in the KCON 2019 episode with our friend Jordan, but we wondered if there were like special stages or things that were cut because the concert felt short to us and we were like because it was like a thing that they like announced like a week before like oh no her visa didn't come through like that's right because of her visa that's right that's right i couldn't so i don't think they had time to like um like you know find a replacement Mm -hmm. i don't think um yeah, yeah that's right I remember that because I because the previous year they had done fun special stages where like she came out and did like got a choreography to God is mm-hmm. a woman and stuff yeah 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 I remember yeah but um whole episode about KCON 2019 yeah. in the archives of this because we took friends and we met friends and we had a really really great time at KCON 2019 yeah KCON 2019 was so fun um because we got to meet up with a lot of different people and yeah Stray Kids was there which was our friend Jordan's um favorite group so we got to take her and that was a really exciting day for us all yes um overall in 2018 and 2019 so we've grown from uh you know, modest concert with only 20,000 people between 2018 and 2019, just LA and New York alone, um, saw over 150,000 attendees and, uh, 200 plus idol appearances. Wow. Um, so KCON has really exploded, um, to become quite a, quite a big deal, um, in just a few years. Very neat. Yeah, it is really cool to have this, like, huge thing, especially because, like, we talk so much about, you know, how isolating sometimes, like, being a K-pop fan can feel um, if you don't know other people. So then to, like, have these really huge conventions for this, like, very niche interest, uh, like, all over the world, like, it's fun. Yeah. Um, Now, so that brings us to the sort of current... Post COVID world that we live in now. Um, And so from 2020 to now, 2021. K 
KCON has shifted into an online event called K-Contact. Um, all of in-person events, of course, were canceled in 2020. Um, so I believe in April of 2020, they announced the, and introduced this KCON idea. Um, and most of the convention takes place on the Mnet YouTube channel. Um, the first one was June 20th to the 26th um, in 2020. So now we're getting like almost a whole week of content and it has about because rather than having concerts in different countries right now, they're just online. So right. instead of having, you know, five different lineups, they can just smush them all together and they actually have four hours of concert every day. Um, wow. And then they also have like meet and greets with uh, if you have the YouTube membership and uh, that is like part of what gets you access to like the paid content, which includes like meet and greets and like more interactive events. Um, and then there's also free content as well. Some of it is live. Some of it is pre-taped. Some of it is interactive. Um, the second season was from October 16th to October 25th. And the third season is coming up. Right. And so that is going to be 2021, March 20th to the 28th. Um, and so that takes us all the way up to what KCON is now. Um, and a portion of the proceeds of the K Contact online events actually go to UNESCO's Learning Never Stops campaign, which um, helps students who have been affected by COVID 19. And it has like interrupted their education. So it's a nice uh, charitable event. And they have, I think they're like trying to expand it to have not only the, you know, like week long official events, but now like we're in this countdown piece of it. Right. So I feel like every time they've put on, every time they put on KCON, they're adding onto it and they're making it bigger. Um, and that continues to be true of the online version as well. So very honored and excited to get to participate in K Contact 3, the very first one of 2021. Um, and yeah, it's a cool yeah. thing. It's so cool. So please, <laughs> if you can, join us this Saturday, March 13th, 2021, on Twitter at KCON underscore official 6 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be talking podcasts and we would love to see your little avatars in the bottom of the screen or however it's yeah. going to work. <laughs> if there's hearts to tap, please tap the hearts. <laughs> I know you know how to do that from VLive, so we'll be fine. You have all the skills you already need to succeed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and with that, we'll be right back with our random game. All right, we're back. And the group that the random number generator spit out gave us pause because it sounded like a group that we'd gotten before, but it actually isn't. This group is called the SEEYA, S-E-E-Y-A, like SEEYA. And apparently at some point in this 150 episodes of this program, we've gotten a group called just SEEYA. And that's not this group. This is a different group. Correct. There are two groups about <laughs> yeah, two groups with the same weird English name. And the other Sia dis de uh, disbanded in 2011 and the Sia debuted in 2012. Yeah. So they just the name was not being used. 
pick it back up. Um, but anyway, this started as a three-member girl group, four-member girl group. Started as a four-member girl group. Four-member yes. girl group. <laughs> Under um, uh, MBK Entertainment, which is a part of Core Contents Media. Um, and they de- debuted on November 12th, 2012 with a single album, Good to See Ya, uh, with the title track, Be With You. Yes, and it features a member of Speed, and that's what we're going to be watching in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, they also released a like MBK family song with Tiara and Five Dolls and Speed. And we've talked about Five Dolls and Speed and Tiara on mm-hmm. the show, so I guess this is the one MBK family we were missing. Yeah. Um, and apparently one of the members of uh, the Sia... <laughs> Yun Kyung was also a member of Five Dolls so she, and they said that she would just promote simultaneously both. in both that's, groups that sounds insane that like truly um, sounds crazy yeah and then in 2014 they released two singles one of them had EXID's Ellie like collab on it um, they did another family song in 2015 then they disbanded five dolls and said that that one member was going to focus mm-hmm. on the Sia. And they released a fifth single. And then apparently in November of 2014, the Sia was just removed from MBK's website. And that was it. Yeah, there wasn't an official like disbandment notice. The profile page of the group was just removed from the official website. And then it wasn't until 2016 that one of the members appeared on an SBS TV show and confirmed that the CIA had disbanded. Um, so overall, they put out one EP um, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven singles. So a pretty small discography. Um, for their you know four or five year career yeah so um I guess all we have to do now is check this out and see this debut music video yes I am excited to see because so it said that this they recorded two versions of this song one of the versions features a member of speed and one of the versions is just an all-female version but this Mm -hmm. music video is a dance version and features all of speed so a i'm excited because speed is dope and if you've never watched Mm -hmm. any of their uh choreography please do yourself a favor and look it up because they are actual acrobats like Mm -hmm. doing crazy shit they also have uh a music video where they do an entire dance in Heelys, and it's the coolest thing I've still to this day ever seen. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm very excited. I wonder if this is going to be, I wonder who's going to be singing this. I hope there's great choreo. I'm ready. Ready. Yeah. Ready. All right. So here is the Sia Be With You dance version, parentheses, featuring Speed. All right. Three, two. One, go. Right. Okay. We're starting right out with drama reaching hands and windows. Yeah. Hair wind. blowing in some inside wind. Here comes that dance beat. Ooh. Oh, wow. She's like really got tears in her eyes. 
Oh, love mm. the choreo already. All I can see is like an extended leg. Okay, so this is the version that has the speed vocalist in it. And he's being dramatic in an armchair that is in a different room. I think he has, a, he has sword a sword in his lap. Oh, it's a, it's a cane. That makes more sense. Wow, his voice is low. <laughs> yeah, this feel this sounds very 2012. <laughs> I thought this was a dance version. There's no dancing. But it's going mts, mts. That's what makes it a dance. Is version. maybe, maybe it's just the beat. Yeah, this goes, little mts, like mts, swimmy And they arm. do swimmy hands. I definitely wouldn't oh call this God. a dance. These, I know these like silly are so little. So most of this music video is just shots of them standing dramatically in this room and singing while looking directly at the camera. But then every once in a while you get a shot of their quote unquote choreo, which is literally I don't like just that the others are out of chore- focus. Yes. Um, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, you it's fine. On the screen. They are out of focus. That whole choreo shot is blurry. But it's like, yeah, it's like while one of them is singing in the group shot, they are trying to blur the others like they're in witness protection. (laughs) And then just the one who is singing can be seen and it looks crazy. That's not how K-pop videos work. I need to be able to see everyone at all times so that I can catch glimpses of my body. We don't put people out of focus. Why would you put three members out of focus? Why would you call this a dance for... Where did you get a gun? She put a gun at me? (laughs) What? What is happening? Don't point it at the camera. Speed is not in this. Yeah. Featuring one speed. All of these parentheses are false advertisements. (laughs) Parentheses dance version. Parentheses featuring speed. Parentheses lies. Parentheses lies. Oh my god, they're crying. Stop shaking and crying. She's not crying. She has a good acting face, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, key change. Why can't we dance in the dance version? (sighs) I know. This dancing is like how me and my friends used to dance to um, Spice Girls at Girl Scout meetings. Like, just like, yeah, it's like when down yeah, just yeah. like down hands. Stop right now. Thank you. Thank very much. you very much. Yeah. Yeah, just lots of little. Yeah. That's what this You is. kind of like pantomime the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little. Yeah. It's very like choir singing <laughs> where you yes. get like just a cup, like you can't move your feet. So you only dance with your arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well. Well, that was the see ya. The see ya. See ya, wouldn't want to be ya. 
I really wanted, I said that off air, I really <laughs> wanted their song to include the phrase, Sia wouldn't want to be a... That would have been funny if that was like their whole concept. <laughs> maybe they'd never heard that Yeah, because that was a very 90s thing. It's like 2013. All <laughs> uh, right. It is recommendation time. Um, I don't... I'm going to kick mine to Patreon this week because I'm still living in Shiny World and I realize all my recommendations are just episodes of variety shows that Shiny has been on ap- appearing on lately because that's literally all I'm consuming. <laughs> sure. But I watched Shiny's new, like, I Can See Your Voice episode and I remembered, like, what a great show that is. Yes. And then I was like, oh, there's an American version of I Can See Your Voice, right? Like, I'll check it out and see if how they ruined it. Like, they ruined Mass Singer. And I got to say, guys, American I Can See Your Voice, good. Actually good. Totally oh, cool. kept this totally kept the spirit of the show and turned it into a game show instead of like oh. a celebrity. There's like a person who has to pick and they win money if they like oh, find the bad singers. Oh fun. So yeah. they've like gamified it and it's good and it's not they didn't wreck it like they wrecked Mass Singer. I think it's like Oh cool. Fun, yeah. So if you've never seen I Can See Your Voice, it's a really fun concept for a TV show. Basically they have like let's say five different people up there and there's like an idle guest who the point and the goal is for them to find the good singer and do a, and perform a duet with them. But they have to, based on information which may be false about each singer, mm-hmm. guess whether or not the person is a good singer or a bad singer. And sometimes, and then they have to like eliminate people. And once they eliminate them, then the person sings and you figure out if they're good or bad. And it's hilarious. Cause sometimes the people, cause like, I've just never seen anyone like be so tone deaf, but sing with such confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's like a clip I was looking after I watched the new shiny one. I was just like looking at fun clips and I saw these clips of um, uh, an episode with 17 on it. Mm. And the this one woman who she was on it. And she was known, she like became famous in the 90s or something as being like the tone deaf actress. Ah. <laughs> and she's so cute. She is like adorable. And she starts to sing and she comes in early. She comes in like four beats too early and Sung Kwong like counts her in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's a really good time because then sometimes they are really good singers and then like that's really amazing and it like totally floors you with the talent. And then if they're not a good singer, it's all in good fun. So, right. Fun show. Great show. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so that's, I guess, sort of a wreck for I Can See Your Voice in any version. Check it out. All Also, my 2 p.m. Woo Young is a is a panelist right now on that show, and he has long, dilfy dad hair. He looks so good, and I missed him so much. So extra bonus for I Can See Your Voice. But okay, from the Patreon, here's a Patreon uh, recommendation. Let's pick this one because this is a joint recommendation that two patreon subscribers joined forces (laughs) to make a double recommendation so michaela and michael from the discord recommend the music video excalibur by rookie group kingdom 
Uh, their concept is all about kings. Furthermore, the choreography involves swords, and the ending of the music video gives us untamed vibes. They are definitely worth checking out, says Michaela and Michael. Check out Rookie Group Kingdom and their elaborate fantasy concept. Amazing. Great recommendation. Um, if you would like to he- make a recommendation and hear it on the show... You can join our Patreon. (laughs) Our season fan tier has the option to submit a recommendation every month for a chance to hear it on the show. Patreon.com slash AMAKpoppod. Yeah, so that's Patreon is a place to find us. And the most important place to find us is this Saturday on Twitter at KCON underscore official. 6 p.m. March 13th. Yes, Come we will be, us. yeah, and we'll tweet out, like, reminders and stuff. So if you don't already follow us on our social, um, we will be putting out news and updates, etc. on there. So that's AMA K-pop pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and we have little link trees in our bios that have us on Spotify and on Discord and all of our contact information, which has our mm-hmm. phone number and our P.O. box. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of places. We you try can to find be us. Accessible. We are found. <laughs> we can be found. We okay? can be found. Um, yeah. So thank you, as always, for listening. And we hope that we see your little avatars um, at KCON countdown this weekend and um, thanks for supporting the show all these three years I know that it's your listens and your love that got us noticed by KCON finally and this is our moment so we couldn't have done it without you (laughs) Um, yes we love you all so thank you and until next week goodbye bye bye Jonghyun you're our inspiration (laughs) 